Hey everybody, welcome to Pin the Q podcast. This is episode one. Uh, it's finally here after all this time of uh, preparation to get done. Um, we're here with Chief Roger Hall from the Beachwood Volunteer Fire Department, Station 16. Proudly displayed on the table is his lid. Um, and we're definitely going to get a, a Pin the Q sticker on that, right? Sure. <laughs> we'll definitely get that done. Um, so yeah, we're here episode one um, with the Chief. Again, I kind of just describe to you what we're looking to do. Um, Roger was really one of the inspirations on starting the podcast uh, after talking to Roger about the history program that prompted me into uh, into doing this podcast to talk more about the um, culture, traditions of the fire department, and really how we're, we're starting to lose that. Um, so again, this is really the premise of the podcast. And uh, when thinking about my, for my first host, uh, it was an easy decision with Roger. We've been friends a long time. Uh, I had the privilege of watching Roger start uh, from the from the ground up to become chief of the department, and uh, even watching him as a chief of the department, seeing that what he's able to bring to the table, not only for the community but also for the department, the members, um, just showing right here in the house how how clean it is and organized and uh, well managed. So, Raj, uh, thanks thanks for coming on to the show. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So. First, firstly, I, I come into the firehouse. You let me in the back and get get everything set up, which was a project in itself. It was a project in itself, and it's certainly not an easy task as I'm learning. There will be a five-hour blooper reel. I think. <laughs> we we definitely have a blooper, blooper reel ready to go. So I noticed that um, one of the lockers in the back, Don Wiesner. Yes. So he's got an old coat in there. I mean, what when's that coat? How old is it? Probably from the '80s. Okay. He had his old leather helmet in there, which we put away, so no one uh, messed with it since he's, uh, you know, in a nursing home now. Okay. So tell me, tell me briefly about, about Don. Well, Don uh, was kind of an inspiration for where we got to where we had our conversation. Uh, Don was a um, member of our fire company from 1953 up until 2017, one of our longest active guys. Uh, he was county coordinator. He was a firefighter at uh, Sibagagi. He was a firefighter in the Air Force. Uh, and he was also the Ocean County manager for the New Jersey Fireman's Home up in Booton, New Jersey, where he's at now. Right, right. Which, if you're not familiar with New Jersey, it's a fireman's home for firefighters run by firefighters. Uh, so Don's there now. Uh, several years ago, uh, Don entrusted a lot of the history of the department to me. He gave me boxes and boxes of stuff that was saved all the way from our founding days in 1922. That was passed on to him from Clarence Coriel, right. who part of our building is named after. So when looking through this stuff with Don, I came across a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, we had it put into binders. We have a lot of it displayed in our members area. Um, but I knew there was more to it. You know, there was a lot of newspaper clippings and a lot of uh, pictures, but I knew there was more stories behind each of these guys. So. Don, his house, you know, was nicknamed our second station or third without, station. Without we, a doubt. When we had two house, uh, two firehouses. Right. So his was, you know, 16-3. He has his own personally owned fire truck in there. Every room in his house is filled with fire memorabilia. A lot of it Ocean County, a lot of it Beachwood. So he preserved our old call box system. He preserved old tools. He preserved anything that we weren't using anymore that was collecting dust somewhere. Don preserved it. Right. Um, so... Working with him, putting the binders together, going through them uh, with 
the first chief that I served under, Tom Mezzardino, we were putting some stuff together, and we came across a uh, article from 1975 about a firefighter who died in the line of duty in Beachwood. So it started a project in-house with, this was obviously before 1981, before the memorial in Emmitsburg. Right. So we got on board with their uh, project roll call, trying to get this guy recognized uh, for line of duty death, and it took quite some time. And going through that, I got access to all of our minutes going all the way back to 1922. So I immersed myself in the workings of the place, the inner workings, the history, the traditions, and why we do what we do in 2018. And, right. you know, somebody has a question about the bylaws, like why do we have this rule or that? There was a reason for it. Right. So that that's where we, uh, we the history project started, and that was probably 2005. Okay. So it was time-consuming. It was chief back then, um, so it was on the back burner a little bit, but we, we preserved everything. Um, fast forward to now, when we had the conversation and what we got into this discussion about was technology is a great thing. It so is, yeah. having a lot more access and a lot more, I wouldn't say free time, because this is definitely none of that. <laughs> uh, almost like a full-time job. Right. But I was able to access more databases like Ancestry, newspapers.com, you know, unfortunately some obituary websites and seeking out death certificates. I began tracking down every single one of our life members that are on our stone. Now, we recognize them every year, Memorial Day, and our anniversary dinner. Um, but Memorial Day, we read off the names off the stone. We ring our department bell. And I said, you know, we need to put faces to these names because a lot of us you know, the 20s and 30s, we don't know these people, and we hear the stories. And it really uh, became a project that we need to remember these guys. You know, there's a big uh, there's a big story of how the Beachwood Fire Company was formed and and how we got to where we are. You know, in the, in the early 20s, or I'm sorry, 1917, when Beachwood was formed, you had a women's card club that had cake sales that got a fire company started. Wow. Uh, a hand truck, a hand pulled uh, chemical cart is what we started off with. They had fundraisers to um, build their for, uh, first motorized fire truck. It was a 1923 uh, Ford Model T built by the guys. I apologize, I have a cold too. So Yeah, I probably should mention that uh, in preparation of the podcast, I, I uh, this is obviously this has been going on for, for a while that we discussed having, uh, having a meeting and um, He'd reached out to me earlier in the week and said, hey, just so you know, uh, I have the flu. <laughs> so the fact that he's even sitting here now uh, shows his dedication uh, to, the, to the company and to the house. Unfortunately, so, everyone's listening to me breathe. Like, yeah, that's okay. They've, heard, they've heard worse, believe me. There's a lot worse things on YouTube so they can handle it. So we, we started with the, uh, the, you know, the members building the fire truck and the members – bought the land for the firehouse. You know, we were working out of a, a borough garage, and we had our first firehouse down by the highway here uh, for those familiar with Beachwood. And then we had our second house, which was built here. Uh, and that was built by the members again, and it was built by the members, the chief at the time, Marty Joman, mortgaged his house to build the second firehouse after the big Parkway fire wow. in 1953. So it got me thinking, like, you know, if nobody remembers these stories and no, and they don't live on, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's about somewhat of a legacy that, you know, we, we want these people remembered. Absolutely. So that became a goal of mine. And I know we talked about it. There was an article I would discuss with you, um, 
uh, Benjamin Martin did. It was impact versus legacy and priorities with family and and that we really don't have a legacy. This is all borrowed time. You know, we're making it better for the next person. Correct. But it's more about making an impact. And I agree. I agree with that. But it, I also disagree with the part that we can't forget our life members, especially in a volunteer uh, agency like this. We're very unique with some of the long, long-term members we have, you know, guys that are 50, 60-year members. Yeah. Um, so I don't know uh, Benjamin Martin's background. You know, I read the article, and I was like, you know, it's a pretty good article about the impact you make in the community. And, you know, family priority obviously is key with everything. Of course. Of Time course. management, you know, with your family and your faith, your job, and, and the fire department. Um, but read it a couple years ago. It was uh, reprinted recently. I think another uh, uh, um, talk show had it on uh, about impact versus legacy. And I disagree with it to an extent. I said, well, that should be our job to make sure, especially here when guys are mortgaging their houses, the amount of work that went to build this, this, this building. Right, right. You know, uh, so 53, this is built, mortgaged by the chief. And it was like a competitive nature here. So when they went to put the addition on, the president of the company mortgaged his house to put the hall on that we still have today. It's crazy to think that we even went on back then. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure their wives were happy. <laughs> um, so I, it began with we started getting pictures. Right. I wanted to put a face with every name. We had some pictures in this building, and unfortunately through our older guys passing away and through attrition, we couldn't identify some of the people in our pictures from the 20s and 30s. So that's where the quest became, and that's where the Internet now, the past four or five years have been working on it, right. has really come in handy. Uh, I've been able to track down people going all the way back to 1922. Wow. Their children. You know, obviously our, our members back then are no longer with us, but I, I was able to track down. This was a, one of the stories we talked about. Correct. Um, our second chief, uh, founding member from 22, I think up till 36 he left. He was chief 35, 36. His son is still alive. And just when I made contact with him, it was such a great feeling for the whole department because it wasn't, you know, I did some of the bookworm work to track him down, but we contacted him as an agency, and he was thrilled. Sure. So that began the ball rolling. Like, we have a way to touch these people and say, hey, your, your father, your, your brother, your sister, your mother is remembered by us. So for the past four years, we've been very successful in tracking down some people, identifying uh, people in our photos, we, we now have, out of the 61 names on our stone, which are life members, which I'll explain right, for right. people who aren't familiar with that, um, set up here in our, our setup in our firehouse. So out of the 61, we only have three people that we haven't identified yet, got their story and got their, their photo. So um, <clears throat> in our company here, you know, you do seven good years in the state of New Jersey, which is seven years of 60% of meetings and drills, you're an exempt member. Right. And then it's 20 good years here in the Beachwood to be a life member. And it's a, we've had, you know, 60-some people do it, and most of those guys have been more than 20-year members. They're 30, 40, 50-year members. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that was where the importance was about we have to remember these guys, especially the commitment to the town and, you know, like I said, mortgaging their house and, and you know, second mortgages to build a place. Yeah. On top of... The fundraising that went in, all of this was built by us uh, until they rebuilt this in 2004. So it started with Chief Paulson's son, and uh, we've been in contact ever since. And he is just 
so thankful that we remembered his father and that we sent him photos that he he never knew. So he, he sent us stuff back from his dad. So the information going back and forth was the reward. Absolutely, uh, yeah. For, for the agency. So then it just snowballed from there, Frank. We, uh, we got in touch with a lot of people who sent us stuff. They were thankful. Uh, it took off. Our website was completely revamped. We have a whole section now honoring these guys uh, with their photos. Uh, we were able, which was important to me as the chief, we were able to get a photo from every chief back to 1922 when was uh, Mayor Collins was the acting wow. chief of the department. That's pretty cool. Up to today. Well, today was pretty easy. Right. Um, but just to get everyone in order in that era, because we went through several different crazy uniforms and stuff. Right. So to get everybody in the chiefs in order in that era specific uh, uniform was important to me, you know, because everybody knows this is uh, uh, one of the thankless positions in the place, you know, especially a volunteer organization. Uh, it evolves into almost like a second job. Of course. Uh, yeah. And the history part was the, uh, the hobby end of it or the third aspect of it, which was very re rewarding um, working on that for all this time. Um, so that's where we're at. I mean, that's what started our conversation. I'm glad that you wanted to start off with me so you could get all the bloopers and bugs out and, <laughs> and we could work forward with better guests. Uh, but, you know, you have a background in Beachwood. You know, uh, you remember here when we were kids, we all came in together oh, yeah, at absolutely. 16, 17, 18 years old. And, you know, 30 years later, here we are. Um, and, and let's 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 uh, let's talk about that for a moment, because, um, you know, again, like I like I mentioned earlier, you know, I watched uh, I watched you come up. So, you know, I remember you know, right out right out back here, you know, playing street hockey until two or three o'clock in the morning, you know, until uh, the cops came and told us we got to shut it down. So but uh, but even even then, I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the culture change since. What year, what year are you talking? When you first came up here, what year was that? 1990. 1991 right. is when uh, I was a junior for a little bit and came in. So the days when we were going back and forth between uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza Hut. Where we all worked part-time. Oh, man. We, we ate good here. We, <laughs> we did eat good down here. Uh, it was different because we were all kids. We right. all came in here as teenagers, yeah. and we stayed here our entire adult life. Uh, and a lot of uh, good people that we started with moved on, you know, other departments, Got married, moved away, and I think I'm like the last man standing. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think what was different was is we were all kids, and we had such an interest and such a competitive nature between us that we hung out here. This was like our second homes. Like I said, we lived here. Right, yeah. And um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. But it was also learning. And, you know, we go back to, you know, Chief uh, Mesrandino Tom at the time. He gave us a lot of leeway, and he put a lot of trust into us, which I think started our development here you know we sure. we were always hands-on guys we always worked on stuff we were fixing things and it was almost like a competition who could be here more you know outside of our part-time jobs and um it just stuck you know that mentality and uh it was what seven eight of us right out of high school joined here yeah and um it was a good time and like i said it we we all trained together we ate here together obviously we uh we spent a lot, of, a lot, a lot of time here. Yeah, I, I recall back and, you know, thinking uh, certainly on a Friday night, you, you couldn't. It was standing room only, you know. Oh, there, yeah. You know, there was, there was nowhere to be, 
nowhere you weren't sitting on first of all you weren't sitting in any chairs because <coughs> we knew the senior guy the senior guys the senior man was sitting in the chair and you wouldn't dare uh break that uh that regimen um, well I, you know it's funny i read that article when you were uh introducing this and you were uh, uh not being a big web guy for facebook or i don't have any of that social media stuff but you had directed me to and i read the article you posted about the senior guy and the right. senior guy with the air quotes and it couldn't ring truer you know back then we were all kids and i'm sure the older guys looked at us like you know who are these kids you know a lot of a lot of mullets haircuts back then and <laughs> i think you're you still have your afro but we respected these guys Absolutely. you know we didn't park in guys parking spots in no. front of the building you know we we had a level of respect and we were all kids right and um you know, it, it, that article, like you said, about walking in, sitting in someone's chair and not moving, uh, I, I didn't remember who wrote that article. It, it, it's true. You know, that, that seems to be something lost. You know, there's a, you know, I'm sure every generation says it about the next one coming up. These kids are different and all that. And, you know, I don't want to classify myself as the old guy, but being here almost 30 years, it is a lot different. You know, the, uh, the, um, level of respect isn't is the same as it was back then. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a shame. You know, <laughs> we, we do get a, uh, some unique people, and they, and they stand out when they have that drive that we thought we had. I'm sure the older guys are saying, well, BS on those guys. They, they were snot-nosed kids joining here. But, right, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I will defend us and say, no, I don't think so, because we did a lot of work in this building. We did. And, again, the chief and the officers, and, you know, there were several chiefs in a row there, they put a lot of trust in the young guys, and we did a lot of stuff up here. And, um, you know, it was pride and ownership. You know, when we're entrusted in, I'm looking at the wall, painting this wall. How many times did we paint this wall? How many times did we fix these trucks? And uh, a lot of leeway was given to us. It's the same thing we try now, and it's just, there's, there just seems to be that, that lack of follow-through. And it, it's like people want a title before they do any work. Like, why would I do that if I'm not an officer? Why would I do that if I'm not? the captain that's your job that's your job and that's where the frustrations i th i think are now where we you know we together were gung-ho to if the chief said the grass out front need to be cut we'd go home get our lawnmowers and cut it right and uh it was almost it was almost like you had to pull us back more you know it was more of a man the chief got to put a leash on us because we're trying to do more and more and more um so yeah i i, I certainly agree with that and you know i and i know from you know, the days we'd go to the firemen's convention, it wasn't just Beachwood specific. It was a different era then. Everyone, right. you know, uh, it seemed like you had to pry them from their firehouses. And we had fun on top of learning and being busy and training and all that. Sure. Um, you know, obviously the things that have changed that I've noticed is obviously the training demands are a lot higher today. The paperwork demands on the, the my staff in command, my assistant chief and captain, a lot more demanding than today um so you know when people say well the fun is kind of gone well the fun's still there for the younger guys sure. that ownership is still there if they want to invest in the place because we've invested in them and um you know it just seems like it gets lost a little bit where if they're not that reward or everybody gets a medal mentality or everybody gets to be a lieutenant again a um, little background on beachwood all volunteer you know we have our elections every year for officer just like a lot of volunteer departments do. and People have their feelings about that. Um, and ours is based off of a, you know, 
your points for the year before if you make a percentage and you're eligible to run for office and then obviously mandated training and uh, uh, qualifications uh, come into effect. But we have guys, you know, you remember there would be a list of guys who met those qualifications that were here 80% of the time, did all the training, went right. to the academy, sought training outside of the county. Today, we, we were having a hard time filling our lieutenant spots, which is sad. It's rare. It, it's rare and sad. Yeah. And uh, Unheard of back then. I, I get frustrated with that having, again, my entire adult life has been in this fire department. Um, I get frustrated remembering the, the competitive, competitiveness here and the, the way guys were for those spots, and it's like it's lost, you know, and I get back to, you know, the chief would say the grass needs to be cut. You drive by here, who's cutting the grass? Me still at, you know, 30 years in the, in the company. And, you know, I have some of the older guys that are inactive that were the old guys when we joined who pull up and say, you're the chief, why are you cutting the grass? Well, it's my firehouse. I still have pride in it. You know, this is my house. I don't want it to look like crap. Excuse my language. I said, and maybe the younger guys will catch on seeing. You know, so we have guys here that are 45-year members that are like my most active guys that are down here fixing stuff just like we were. Yep. They're still here, you know, the Mr. Taps. They're my go-to guys, and they're seeing the same frustration, like what is going on? Why is why, – what got lost? And I think that was the conversation where we said we would have a discussion. Yeah, this is the very reason I even started this podcast, honestly, you know. I've seen it. In my 25 years, uh, I've seen a, a drastic change, and uh, and, and again, I, I you know I'm going to get beat up because you know I, I keep saying the newer generation, the newer firefighter, and uh, look, there there are uh, guys and girls coming into the fire service now that that have that drive. As a matter of fact, there's one here in your house. Oh yeah, um, that I took notice to, and uh, and I'm, I I see her on your calls. And, uh, and and she's doing it. You know, she's out there doing it. And uh, she's got a smile on her face every time I see her. And she's always, you know, she's got tools in hand. And she's she's off the apparatus. And she's and she's ready for she's ready for go to war. I mean, it, um, so it's not all new people. And and, uh, and again, I I'm not going to beat up a whole generation of new new firefighters because there's certainly some out there that that, that want to get involved. But what I'm seeing, uh, the things that that frustrate me, uh, are you know, I said in, in my promo video about, you know, uh, the example I gave of the leather chairs, right? So if there's only a few in the house and then those young guys come in, uh, they'll get off the apparatus or they'll come in. Let's say they missed a the truck and they come in and, and those chairs are there. And now the senior guys getting off the rig, you know, those chairs are for those guys, you know, and uh, or, or gals. And, and, and they're so quick to get in that chair and sit down and relax and put their feet up. And then these senior guys come in and now the senior guy's standing against the back wall or he's sitting in a metal chair, to, you know, like we're sitting in. And, and, you know, you got this young guy, he's, he's been on the company three months and he's sitting in the chair. I mean, and what bothers me is the fact that now the senior man's there and then that, you know, that guy or girl's not getting up. And that, that's, that's, I think, what, you know, what I don't understand or where – like you mentioned that we're we're losing losing some of that uh in our tradition of of respect you know um, the, the senior man mentality and 
and I, and I don't know how we get that back, but, but uh, I think it starts with, you know, the senior guy going, hey, kid, get out of the chair. Yeah. Y- you know, and uh, you don't see I'm going to cough that. in your ear a second. Go ahead. <coughs> you don't see that often anymore. It's more, you know, well, I don't want to offend anybody, and, you know, I don't want to, you know, make something uncomfortable for someone. And Yeah, but we're, we're fortunate here because our, our true senior guys, the guys that have – like I mentioned, one that's been here 45 years, he will speak his mind Good. and get his point across. Good. And again, I'm not knocking my own guys because I love every single one of them here. My frustrations are that that competitiveness that we had when we were kids just doesn't seem to be there. Nobody wants to say, I want to be the chief one day. I mean, I'll go back to when we had the old firehouse on the highway that was torn down. The and, green machine. Yeah, 99 it was torn down. Right. The borough hall was upstairs. Tom was our chief. And he'd be up there doing paperwork. I was working at the deli, and I'd get off at night, and I'd see the light on, and knew Tom was up there. And uh, I'd stop in, and that's where I learned how to do purchase orders. You know, 18, 19 years old, I was helping him do budgeting stuff, learning the management stuff. Right. I sit down with guys that say they want to learn officer stuff, and I bring out, you know, how to do a budget or, you know, show them grant paperwork or just show them the computer for tracking, you know, gear washing. And it's like, whoa. No, I just well, want you're the, the chief. Yeah, That's what you do. Yeah. yeah, I just want the white shield. Right, you know? right. I, I don't want to do all that, you know. Um, but I, I truly believe, though, and I'm looking at the lockers here. Even my frustrations with some of the people, everybody has value. I believe, you know, well, and it's just uh, our jobs. You know, my assistant chief, my captain, are very good at it. Is finding the jobs for people, but it's just getting them to follow through with it, realizing. We all have to share the load here, you sure. know, and um, uh, some of the bigger jobs we, we will take on because, you know, I feel that's the leadership job. You know, one of the, some of the stuff uh, that's important to us, you know, in the past 10 years that I've been in chief, um, you know, the, uh, we've been very progressive with gear washing, you know, and... Uh, huge now with firefighter cancer studies. It's and, huge now. Right, right. Uh, you know, and I, I chuckle because the naysayers... You know, five, ten years ago when we said this is what we're going to be doing. Um, now when we go to county meetings or chiefs meetings or, you know, just at the Wildwood Convention, they talked hot, about. Hot topic. They talked about cancer prevention and they right, talked right. about annual physicals, which was another thing we did a number of years ago. So they, they it's almost like vindication saying, guys, you know, when we, when we read these things, you know, it's not just the. I joke, we don't get these magazines just to look at the pictures. You know, there's a lot of information. <laughs> That's what we did when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, that we subscribe to. And, you know, we belong to a lot of organizations, and we get the newsletters, and we read the articles that right. we share as friends. And, we, you know, you always learn. You take something away from it. So, you know, we'll go back to uh, the cancer uh, prevention with the, right. uh, the gear washing. You know, we had some people get sick here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our ladies' auxiliary died of cancer. It affected our families, and, you know, I lost both my parents to cancer. So it hit home saying, what can we be doing better? You right, know, and right. it started a number of years ago before all these things are now in your face about dirty yeah. gear isn't cool gear anymore. We started it here, and it, I got to give my assistant chief a lot of credit because it was his detail, and he kept a log. We, if we had a fire, we have spare gear for people. We immediately pull your gear. We decon it. We washer and dryers right over there. We'd wash the gear, the chiefs, and right, we'd right. put it back together. You know, we would just tell you, check your pockets, make sure all your tools and stuff are back the way they work. You know, 
uh, it's a big project, and it takes a couple of days to do all the gear. But we would be down here, you know. Yeah. And it rings true, you know, to the fire we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we washed every set of gear, and we did it. You know, we had a couple people come up and help, but that's where that is lost. Like, hey, you know, it's your gear. Wouldn't you want to come up and make sure it's clean and put away? So that's where the frustration is, too. You know, sure. we're trying to take care of people, and they can't even be bothered putting their liner back in their, their coat. <laughs> uh, but I, we put that aside and said, well, I don't care if we have to sit here for hours and do it. It's important, and we will come down here and do it to, you know, the, me and uh, the assistant chief. Uh, our record keeping, as far as, you know, there's a lot of uh, in trade magazines about, you know, your exposure record, and you could go online and you could register for fires you've been in or keep your own diary for free. Some of these sites are offering. Right, right. We do it right here. We have for, I'm going to say, 18 years, 19 years that I've been doing our in-house reporting. We have, when we fill out our call sheets, what truck you're on, almost where you're sitting, and what your job was. Right. And it all goes into a computer. So we can we could track exposure now for guys that hopefully we never have to, but if right. down the road they, something comes up, we could say, well, these are all the fires. Look, this is the position he was in. This was his job. This is where he was at the scene. Right. And it's a big task. Granted... The past couple of years, it's gotten a lot easier with technology, with, yeah. you know, uh, better reporting, a lot more uh, mobility and reporting where you could do stuff on your phone and your laptop. So that's great because I spent a lot of hours down here under Chief Curry and uh, uh, back under Chief Mezzanino again, entering data. And, you know, it was a terminal here. You had to come here and do it. Right. But I knew back then as the captain that this is something we should be doing. Um, and when we stuck to it since, that was 2000. Uh, and, um, you know, even making sure every guy signs the sheet, you know, you know, check off. Nobody, you're here for the call, you sign in, and you write where you were, and we'll track as officers what you did. Um, so it's something that I would say we've been ahead of the curve. I'm sure other fire companies have as too. I can only speak for, you know, the, the, the ones I know of and have dealt with or the feedback we get from our guys when there is somebody who criticizes, like, why are we doing this? You know, the, our Neighbor company doesn't do this. Our mutual aid company doesn't do this. Right, right. So, well, that's that's them. You know, I'm worried about you guys. Right. And you know, the big topic was the uh, mandatory physicals. Yeah. And we have a no physical, no ride, and uh, it was um, again due to a unfortunate line of duty death. Chief yeah. Mezzardino yeah, and Tommy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, big loss. Big loss to the company. You know, and. That one was tough because Tommy was like a mentor here. He was my first chief, you know, a councilman. The guy was involved in so much. He was. He man. became manager of the fireman's home and uh, loved the guy. We argued a lot. You oh, know, yeah. And, uh, but I spent a lot of time under him. You know, military background. Uh, you know, my father had a military background. So, you know, it was a, I was drawn to him, you know, as we were kids. And but he was, you know, an open door, open mind guy. You could go and talk to him. Yeah. Even if you disagree, you get over it and move on. We're here for a common cause. So, you know, Tommy uh, had the heart attack. We had the call, goes to the hospital, and uh, we lose him. And when we worked on that investigation, right. uh, it opened our eyes. You know, I'm not a half-assed person. So the first people that came down when we said we had a firefighter have a heart attack, uh, 
you know, for those who don't know, Tom Esmondino uh, was 70 years old, 40-something year member of the fire company. Uh, we had a call right before we were going into a company event, which was our Memorial Day parade. Yeah, the parade, yep. yep. So after the call, lack of a better term, Tom looked like shit. He did. And uh, I tasked him to drive the chief's car, and I went up to him when we got down. It's a you know, mile and a half a parade. Tom's a Vietnam veteran. His job, you know, in full uniform, fire company, we got dressed after the call. He lays the wreath at the uh, Vietnam Memorial. He just didn't look right, so we got a rig for him, and uh, it just snowballed from there. And, you know, we, we kind of had to afford, you know, he's a stubborn guy. Yeah. We, we made him go to the hospital, and, again, unfortunately, we lost him. So when we said we had a call, and the guy started feeling ill at the call, and, you know, we, we went right from the call into a, a parade. You know, we were all in our uniforms on the call. We were best-dressed fire company for the day. <laughs> um, you know, and then when uh, we lost him, and I started, you know, all right, we, we got to forward the paperwork through the you know Division of Fire Safety in New Jersey, start following our steps with the borough workman's comp and all the, the stuff that goes into that. The CDC was the first people to come down, and they uh, interviewed me, and they asked about our department physicals. And at the time, we were doing the fit testing in the uh, OSHA respirator questionnaire, and whether it was implied or the way they came off, or if I read into it, it was almost like they were like, Psh, this is all you do is the minimum, this questionnaire. Right, right. And uh, I kind of took offense to it. And they said the word minimum, like this is the minimum standard. You know, you're doing the minimum. And I said, I'm not a minimum guy, and I'm going to go to the town hall. And I went there and I said, I got three prices from three different vendors. I want physicals for every guy. And uh, didn't get too much pushback, and they uh, they went for it. Guys here were apprehensive. Some guys feel their medical is their personal stuff. But I just, you know, we all knew Tom, so it was, it was an easy sell to say, well, listen, you know, Tom's 70 years old. Maybe if we had a department physical and we caught something, we could have sat him down. And I know Tom wouldn't have wanted to be sat down. Yeah, he was but, stubborn. Uh, that's comes with this title. Yep. He would have, he would have been sat down if we caught something. Right. And um, I said to guys, I'd rather have Tom here mad at me, sat down or reassigned or doing something different than not here. You know, Pat, his widow, would rather have Tom here mad at me as the chief because I said, you got to sit down or sit this one out until you get checked out or get better. And since we did the physicals, we've been fortunate. We had a couple guys that had some minor issues who didn't know it. Wow. And they all came up and thanked me. It's huge. We I, I, I can't put a price tag on that. No, and it's... we unfortunately have, you know, a couple that are, are fighting it. And, you know, not to air dirty laundry, but we, you know, we, it's a fight that me and the assistant chief will go to battle with, with the no physical, no ride. Yeah. Because, like I said, you can be mad at me, but you're here and mad at me. Then you have something really wrong with you, and we let you get on the truck and something happens and I got to go, you know, to another widow and explain yeah. that we could have prevented this maybe. So it, it's worked out. You know, he said for a couple minor bumps and a couple people aren't happy about it, but the majority, 99%, are thankful that we're doing it. Sure. So, again, not that we do this for any kind of pat on the back or vindication, but it just feels good when, you know, even if it's unpopular, you're doing it for the guys, and when it comes around and they, the light bulb goes off, 
you know, that, that's what we're here for, to look out for each other. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, we're volunteers. We all have, you know, full-time jobs outside of this place. And we are a family, albeit defunctional sometimes. <laughs> um, that's true. And I think that's the message. You know, again, I have a really good uh, captain and assistant chief that we work as the dynamic trio. Uh, they get it that we really care about these guys and that we wouldn't go and spend the amount of time we did at town hall fighting for this money you know outside of our five and ten year plan saying look we need this cash influx now because we want this right. and here's why you know and it also might have helped us because tom had been a council person that they knew the the person right. you know they know all of us but they knew him well it keeps it personal and um so that was a huge undertaking here and that again is the a, a culture change, you know, and um, uh, I, I'm glad to see that guys have bought into it, guys and gals, and uh, you know that's that's where we're uh, we're at, and we just keep moving forward. I actually said I wanted to expand the physicals to a little bit more. You know, uh, we offer the the Bora program to the guys who great program who want to go for uh, additional uh, testing. They they treat firefighters great. They do mm -hmm. it for free. They give you medicine for free. Yep. Um, we offered department vehicles that we, they could use to take it out there if they're worried about. Yeah, so there's really no 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 excuses. No. Yeah, no excuses. So th that's what we've been working on. I mean, I know, Great. you know, you kind of have an idea. You know, you're active in the town, so you you know what we, uh, the challenges we've been facing. You know, you're you know you're in the service, and uh, you know just knowing us, the personal relationship. So long-winded story there on how we got started oh, and it was just a great. lunch a lunch conversation here at the firehouse about what's been going on and yeah and like you know you had noticed uh a couple of i won't say attitudes but you know different perspectives and and uh that, that was really is because uh we I'm about to cough again we confronted those <laughs> uh challenges head on makes and, a good uh, cv yeah um <laughs> and we didn't back down from it you know we, yeah and uh it was, it's not a popularity contest. You know, we we uh, worked very hard to get where we're, where we're at. And, it, yeah. you know, um, so the top three are solid as a rock. Our lieutenant's position, you know, and they can't, again, not disparaging guys, because everyone was working two or three jobs and, you right. know, the volunteerism in the world is down. We've been very fortunate lately. We got a lot of applications. We got a school started. We have a lot of juniors uh, that just – this week we, we went from one junior to five juniors ah, that's great so we, we've been fortunate so I don't want to knock my lieutenants because you know we make the exceptions for um, you know family obviously comes first and your job right so we get it you know um, so if there's a struggle or there's a, a vacancy I'm just surprised that there's nobody like I want to step in I want to do this there's like doesn't anyone want to step up and lead you know that yeah it, it it's funny. It's funny that uh, you know. I remember a couple of the members here, um, who who joined the, the way they joined, where they saw a crash or they, you know, they watch you guys at a pin and and you know working tools, and then they're like, "Wow, that, that's what that's what you guys do." And actually, know they're banging on the door to to get an application. That's great. I mean, that's um, to be able to see that and then have those guys come in and join, and next thing you know, they're. They're invested. They've been here for a long time. I know, I know one guy in particular uh, in your house. Um, that's how he joined. He, he witnessed, a, witnessed a crash. You know, a car goes into a tree, and you guys are cutting them out. And uh, 
next thing you know, he's banging on the door going, hey, hey how do I get involved? You know, how, how do I become a member? And then, you know, investment <coughs> in your community is huge. And I know, you know, um, that's a big part of what, what you're doing now. I know that personally. And, and uh, so if you can, kind of bring me into um, what prompted you into the whole community investment and, and how you uh, kind of switch gears. Well, it had to do with, uh, you know, you look at these lockers, a lot of them were empty. And, um, you, you know, there, there was um, kind of an internal culture change in our leadership and myself personally that we could be doing better to, you know, reach these groups other than just going to fire prevention uh, week, uh, you know, at the school and doing our school visits. So we decided we were going to, A, we, you know, one of the big things was, which was great with the mayor and council, we got a seat at the table. I said, look, we're, we're professionals, we're volunteers, but I want to sit at the table, you know, and we're, we're not going to be just shrugged off as the, the volunteers down the road. I said, we're unpaid professionals. And, you know, they bought into, again, the physicals and the, the you know, plans for, uh, like I said, we have a, a comprehensive five and ten year plan, you know, apparatus, equipment. They, they've been very good. They haven't said no to me yet. Um, oh, I don't think they want to. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so the first buy-in was with the mayor and council. And then, you know, with that relationship, all the councils have their different, you know, uh, pet projects and their different recreation they belong to and all that. So we said, well, include us. You know, when the recreation is doing something, let us go and let us talk. Let us, uh, you know, uh, get out the fire prevention message. You know, our Bureau of Fire Prevention, that relationship built because we had a, a new fire official in there, uh, Tommy DeMichael, a good friend of mine. Yeah. That relationship. Squared away cat. Relationship built good where yeah. we were like yin and yang. So he got us a lot of uh, fire prevention materials, you know, more than we ever had. You know, the, all the detectors, you know, he was a wizard with a grant or something. We got a ton of detectors. So we, we went out in the community and made sure we were giving out detectors. Great. Yeah. Um, we have CO detectors now that we, we got equipped with that, you know, people in need were providing as well. But it was about getting out there a lot of events. And, you know, that I could see it wears a lot on your guys you know we you know fire prevention week's coming up you know this weekend we have events yeah but we're i said we got to get out there in the community um social media uh i don't have it personally but i could see the benefit of it so we have a social media page where we get our message out right. uh and you know great page by the way i you know i, I follow it there's a lot of good information on there so kudos you know to whoever's doing that it's great well, well the big thing is you know uh we want to get our message out we want to tell our story. We don't want anyone else to tell our story. And my mindset with it, because I wasn't big on it at first, but again, going back to Don Wiesner, you know, 80-something years old. Right, right. You know, he's used to getting the newspaper delivered, and, you know, they basically stopped the newspaper around here. Everything's online. Yeah. He doesn't have a computer, and he didn't get that. So uh, I looked into what we can do to up our presence on social media, and we, we got guys working on it, and it's out there. I want our story told. And for a number of reasons, you know, it's not just about a picture of a fire or a picture of a, a crashed car. The people in the town need to know their fire company's out at 2 in the morning. You know, it helps us when that donation letter goes out. They're like, man, these guys are out all the time, all right. hours in the night. They're professional. They're squared away. I mean, we bought station uniforms for the guys. Yep. I try to say, when you're here, you're on duty. When these doors are open, nobody's sitting out front, you know, scratching themselves, spitting on the ground or cursing. <laughs> Smoking, right, you know, right. we're, we're professional. 
look sharp, stay sharp. Right, right. Um, and guys bought into that, you know, and that's a positive to me. So, you know, because of, uh, you know, 80-plus-year-old Don saying, we got to get on the paper, our voice isn't being heard. You know, we were in our local paper all the time back in his day. Right, right. And he's like, we need a PR person. And, uh, you know, he named our captain. He's like, you know, he's, he's a good BSer. He would be great at. Right, right. So uh, we, we bought into it. I said, you're right. We got to get our story out there. Let's try this, you know, social media stuff. And it, it kind of uh, worked for us. Yeah, I mean, the, the advent of social media has certainly uh, changed the dynamic for a lot of, oh, yeah. a lot of fire departments. Right? Good and bad, you know, because, yeah. it, you know, but it keeps you sharp. You know, when you, you, you see somebody, we get pictures sent in uh, from people. You know, we had one the other day. We gave out a plastic helmet, you know, to these kids. It's great to see that. It's not good when, you know, somebody posts a picture and your guy's, you know, missing a piece of equipment. Then you get called out on it. But we, we internalize it. We critique it. And we say, hey, you know. You're always in the public eye. Always, right. And, right. Uh, you know, don't get... Good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, wear your gear. Wear it all the time. You know, don't be silly. Um, so it started because of Don, who doesn't even have an, the internet. Right, right. Uh, we, got, we got on it. And it really worked out in our favor because, again, going back to the traditions of Beachwood, you know, we are on the Toms River, and for 85 years, we hosted the fireworks show along the river. Back in the day, from 1923 up until the mid-'80s, the fire company ran the show, basically. So much in the 80s, you know, I don't know if the statute of limitations is up, <laughs> uh, our guys would collect the money and drive out to a state that sold fireworks, load up a station wagon, and put it in one of the guys in the firehouse's basement. Right, right. And then they go light it all off. Obviously, that's changed with fire codes and, and whatnot. So the town took over the fireworks. But there are still people that think that the Beachwood Fire Company puts on the display. Obviously, there's a lot of public safety work that goes into putting on the display. The fire trucks are down there at the launch site and all that. Well, logistically, so, it's, logistically yeah, it's a so, nightmare. So we'll get to the social media. This year, we had an issue with the vendor. Well, not us. The town runs it now. There's a committee. The vendor did not show up on 4th of July. Our social media page exploded. <laughs> that was huge. Because people fought that we had some way were involved in it. Right. So I personally took the helm and said, we're going to respond to every single one of these people that are misinformed. And it was days. I, I kind of regret that decision as soon as I started responding, but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a nasty dialogue, but people were misinformed. And, you know, obviously I would defend this place. We had nothing to do with it. But, again, the downside of social media. Um, but it worked out in the end. You know, we, we met with the fireworks vendor. We had a seat at the table and said, right. You don't realize what you just did to us. You know, we depend on volunteers. We depend on fund drive. Our 4th of July this year, we planned on, that was going to be our fund drive mail out because everyone sees us at the fireworks. It's a big event in town. What a great venue to do it. Yeah, and uh, then when it's canceled and people think you're responsible, I'm like every single person is going to on Monday get our, our mail out letter and throw it in the garbage. Uh, so he made good on us uh, with the financial uh, contribution to the fire company, and uh, I think us defending ourselves and getting the message out and having that connection with all the groups in town also helped us where it didn't impact us. It had a little impact on us. We're going to, you know, obviously audit our finances. We told the fireworks guy that we'll look at it at the end of the year. Um, but, again, that relationship in the town kind of saved us. We had people coming to our defenses and all that, and that is because of the relationships we built 
through social media and through being involved in every single organization we can get involved in, we can. And, you know, it sounds crazy, but we didn't have, like, this working relationship with the police and EMS like we do now. Right, right. Now it's like the three amigos, you know. Yeah. Yes, sure, sometimes we don't all see eye to eye and get an argument uh, or a disagreement, and we always settle it and we, we move forward for the common goal. And I think that is uh, gotten so much better with the Absolutely. leadership at the police department, with our relationship with um, the EMS, where we're all on the same page and we're all working together better than ever. And again, it's through doing all of this stuff together, toy drives and community days, you know, and we try to competitive nature, one up each other. And, you know, we bought a 28 foot inflatable slide fire truck for community day for no other purpose than to have the kids have something at these events. Right. And it's the fire trucks and they know we're the coolest out of all the groups. <laughs> That's funny. But, but again, you know, that you can see that slide right away. And it, like you said, it's a fire truck. So it, you know, it, it rings true to your message. And, and, and again, you know, those are good things. And, um, you're starting to see now a lot of fire companies are starting to, to buy into that uh, community and trying to, to build on that, uh, which is huge now. I mean, you need, you need that more than ever. You, you said earlier about, you know, proposition for membership. Like, how do you, how do you get people to come in? And, and, uh, and again, I, I think that um, it's different now because people are working two and three jobs. It's not like when it was, you know, we talk about a culture change. That, that's probably one of the biggest. And, um Whereas before, you know, you, a lot of fire departments, especially volunteer fire departments, had guys in the DPW. You know, they're in town already working. They, you know, the call comes in, they get to the firehouse, and they and they get on the, and they get on the rig. But um, now you got, you know, members that are working full time jobs, sometimes two full time jobs to support support their family. So it, it's it's certainly a challenge. And uh, but again, every every fire department's facing that same oh yeah that I, same challenge. I go to a lot of meetings, talk to a lot of guys, and, and it is the same. You know, one of the things we, we try to be, uh, you know, uh, cognizant of is when people come in to explain a little bit about the history and a little bit more than just what we do with the big red trucks. Right, the you commitment. Know, there's a commitment yeah. with fundraising and a lot of events we do. So we, we try to get that out there. And, um, you know, we're fortunate. Like I said, you know, there is a culture change, and we adjust to it, we adapt to it. And, um, you know, so, you know, I, I can't... Um, like beat up the guys too bad you know there are some some quirks and stuff that i'd like to see change and there's some personalities but you know i'm sure they say the same thing as me but that's what we have elections for right, right. um <laughs> but it, it is uh it does you know the the lack of anybody wanting to move up is what's really surprising right you know um we talk uh, my assistant chief and captain like how long are we going to be doing this these three positions because there's nobody like seems interested in it and that's the the bothersome part is there's no interest right in, in leading you know somebody has to take the helm and somebody has to move forward you know I, I would like to you know pass the torch and then sit down and work on the you know the side project with the history and, and wrap up a lot of stuff you know I got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things going on all at once and you know uh, only so many hours in the day and that's where I think the frustration, where I see the culture changes, that there nobody wants 
people want the title, but they don't want the work. And now we're getting that people don't even want to go for the title. And that's what's sad. And, you know, we had talked about um, uh, the other day, uh, I got an article uh, through the volunteer section of the uh, International Association of Fire Chiefs. And it, it read it briefly. It was about uh, matchmaking for volunteer chiefs. So I'm like, oh, what is this? And I perused the article, and something jumped out at me. All right, so we're recording right now, and then uh, I'll do the three clap thing, and then we'll get into. Uh, so where you ended off was something jumped out at me. Something jumped out at you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to start talking. <laughs> you were supposed. You just looking yeah. at me. You like it. All right. <laughs> After I'm done doing that, you start talking. Right, so it's three claps and then talk? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do this. Is it three end? Yeah. <laughs> this is like... <laughs> All right, ready? Can we address people walked in? <laughs> what? Can we address that people walked in? Be like, well, no, we I'm going to cut it out. Oh, okay. It's, you won't even know what happened. So something jumped out at me with uh, reading the article, and uh, it was just a sentence about why we're losing volunteers and uh, why people are turned off with uh, uh, volunteer fire departments. And, uh, you know, it was like bullet pointed in a sentence about uh, uh, no uh, sense of ownership, I think was in there. It was like unreasonable expectations from the command. But what stuck out was it says, you know, lack of fun. And it was something that we heard up here. We had, uh, you know, people come and go that, we're maybe here for the wrong reasons and was, you know, we got accused of, well, there's no fun. We were, like, too professional. I'm like, how do you even say that? You know, we're right. too professional. We, you know, the fun part is, you know, the coming up here, training the guys, the camaraderie, and the, the answering of the calls. And granted, we had, you know, a lot of other stuff on the side that we do with, you know, family events and barbecues and our, our members area where guys can come up here and enjoy themselves and watch a game or something. I said, that's fun. I said, but... You gotta understand that the three of us, the uh, myself, the assistant chief and captain, maybe we don't participate in that because we're up here every day, just about every day, for several hours a day. You know, an hour here. Some days, our days off, we spend entire days up here trying to right. make sure everything's squared away. So, with going back to that original article I mentioned by Ben Martin about, uh, you know, a balance of time between your family and your employment. So we spend enough time up here. So we kind of are the guys that say, well, listen, you know, I'm not going to you know, participate in that because I spent enough time up here. You know, we have our commitments at home and our commitments with our job. So it's almost like, well, if you're not going to come up and do it, then no one else is going to do it. And I said, well, then, you know, the, the issue I have is it's, yeah, I'm all about fun. Too. Right, I right. want people to have fun. But that's not our main mission, you know, and our, the guys that have accused us, which I thought was comical about sucking the fun out of the place, I'm like, well, I'm I enjoy the fire department. I enjoy the fun aspect that we could have. I said, well, let's remember our main mission here. Yeah, what is our mission? And and that article, and again, I I, don't, I didn't catch the author's name, and I I, I passed it along through uh, Dennis and Bill to read, and they kind of agreed with me, you know. Um, you know, and I wouldn't critique, you know, a guy stuck his neck out and wrote an article, uh, just like I'm sure I'll get negative feedback from from this from people that maybe not agree. I said, our main goal here is to answer fire calls. And, you know, with volunteerism being down, you know, I'd rather worry about committing time to this side 
of the building, this side of the house, with getting the trucks out and getting guys properly trained and having a professional department than the, the fun aspect of it. And, you know, that will come. Um, and that goes back to the what we talked about with the culture thing is I'm surprised, you know, we get these calls in the middle of the night and we're not getting guys to turn out, you know, and, and that uh, bothers me just as much as nobody wants to step up and lead. Uh, we're not building future leaders here is the guys that pick and choose their calls. Yeah, and, and again, everybody has value. Right. I said, but our main purpose here is to answer fire calls. When somebody's in trouble and somebody needs help, we come. And, you know, too many times we'll get, oh, it's an alarm call, you know, in the middle of the night, and we get a low turnout, and that drives me crazy because I can count on my hands how many guys I know, uh, you know, work midnights. And it's not that we spy on our guys, you know, bring back the Chief Mezzardino. First, yeah, yeah. first rule he told me is know your people. So I have an idea of what shift guys and gals work, who's around, when we need automatic aid, when we don't. And, uh, you know, we, we hit a, a low point when people weren't turning out in the middle of the night, and it almost bit us in the ass when we had a smoke detector call, and it turned out to be a structure fire. Yeah, it worked with fire, yeah. You know, and uh, when it got re-dispatched out, amazingly, everyone was home and they responded. Um, so, you know, when I, I, when I read that, I'm like, you know, having been accused of sucking the fun out of an organization, I said, yeah, but, you know, we don't want the guys that just come for the picnics. We want the guys that come for the calls. Right, right. You know, we don't want the I want a T-shirt person. Um, Speaking of T-shirts, thank you very much for the T-shirt I got today. You're welcome. Just wash it and give it back. <laughs> Kidding. Um, so, you know, again, uh, it's, about, it's about the position. And, you know, you know, like you're getting information out there, which is great. You know, I'm glad that you picked me for the first episode. I'm kind of flattered and... Like I, I joked with you, we'll get all the bugs out and all the bloopers. And, um, you know, so it, it's it's great, you know, just like I said with the magazines. And, you know, and I recommend that to anybody, you know, don't ever stop learning. You know, you could pick up a, an article and you don't agree with it, but you learn something from it. You know, right. you, you listen to this podcast and you could say those guys in Beachwood don't know what the hell they're talking about. But you might learn, like, hey, that's a good idea to record guys, seek positions and keep track of what they actually do at a scene the best you can while trying to manage people because you might need it 10, 15 years down the road when, sure. God forbid, nobody gets sick doing right, this. Right, right, right. But let's, let's be real. And prepare for it. You know, it, it's, it's part of what we do, and it's unfortunate. Um, so be prepared and document it, you know, and uh, that's something I could probably say we've been doing. So, you know, maybe somebody picks up something there. Maybe people will disagree. You know, who's Beachwood? You're not a you're a tiny little town in Ocean County, but there's a lot of pride in Beachwood, and that's uh, you know uh, one of the things that you know I will say culturally that that's still there is you know the, the pride in this place. Um, we are big on it. You know, we are not uh, a uh, a rich company financially, but we're rich in tradition and just like everybody. Uh, you know, like the shirts, we all fundraise, you know, to buy uniforms. You see somebody in Beachwood wearing a T-shirt, nine times out of ten, they bought that shirt on their own. Right, Because right. I'm not saying we're piss-ass broke, but we don't spend money on ourselves because we don't have that much of an income. So that's where the pride is. You know, when somebody wears a Beachwood shirt, it's, it's theirs. You know, they're proud of it. They, they invested in it. And I, I, I'm glad that that is still there. 
to an extent. You know, I wish the turnout was better, and I wish guys would step up and lead. You know, uh, but I will say we have changed that when you get the guys on the truck, the uh, professionalism when they get off the truck, you know, and that reflects in our training, our investment in training, is leaps and bounds from when we started. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. we we had fun, but we were we were kids and. You know, we had great leaders and all that, but I will tell you, it's, it, it has changed leaps, leaps and bounds from where, where we were, you know, as far as uh, how, how we present ourselves, you know, to the public. And, again, it's about being out there all the time. But even getting off the truck, you know, it's not like breaking stones. But, you know, it's just the, the demeanor in which we, we conduct ourselves. Like I brought up the point when you're standing in front of this firehouse and you're wearing our shirt or a uniform, uh, you're on duty. I don't want you spitting and throwing your cigarette out in the street. Right. Um, and people buy into that, you know, and that's, it's pride in this place. And, you know, and it, it permeates. Um, again, wish there would be some more of that 100% buy-in. You know, we, we don't see that, you know, and I don't know where that got lost. Maybe we're the crazy ones, you know. I, I know guys in our age bracket, you know, uh, invest a lot of time and they cause a lot of heartache at home because it's a huge commitment being sure, here. Sure, And um, and I don't, you know, don't know how you change it. You know, we give everybody the opportunity to advance themselves here. I've sent guys to schools anywhere they want to go. I invest money into that, into training. Um, I invest into guys, you know, even guys that look on YouTube or something, they see a video, to bring it in. I, I try to get guys into the training process by bring something to us, help the captain write a drill, be a part of the process and learn. Right, right. Which you know, never, talking about a culture change, I mean, back in the day, coming up, no one would ask your input as no, far as, you know, no. whatever the lieutenant or captain has said as a drill, that was your drill. There, there was no uh, there was no deviation whatsoever. No, you really I mean, didn't have a hand in, in. One of the things I changed was, you know, with the trucks. I said, well, I'm not riding a truck, so, you know, I'm not going to dictate because we've always done it this way, right, right. that this is the way we do it. No, you're the guys on the truck. You want something moved, you let me know. I'll get the money to move it or, or remount something because I want guys to be comfortable and more efficient in and, and what we do. You know, and so it's not that ego part of it. And it's very rare, though, that guys take you up on the offers. You know, this is our first-run truck, uh, and we we finally got some guys last year that stepped up and changed it, you know, with mounting of tools and stuff, because when it came, you know, it was set up one way, and it was set up by guys that weren't, I won't say active guys, but that weren't actively riding the trucks. And we and I don't believe in that, that, you know, well, it's my way because I said so. Right, right. Um, you know, so we had some input. We took some seats out. We changed some things around. And guys are happier with it, you know, pride and ownership. And uh, I just wish we had more of it. And, you know, I, I hope that's not gone. I hope it's, uh, you know, something that we can, we can win back. And I know it's a huge investment in an organization, you know. Uh, um, it is. It's a huge investment. But I, I just, uh, you, know, you know, I'd like to see that, uh, you know, again where, you know, you have that. And it, it, it was unique. unique at the time because it was a group of kids coming right. in all at once, right? you know, and you look back to the group before us, you know, the group in the early 80s, and you look at the group in the early 70s, you know, that came in together, and some of those guys are still here together. So it comes in cycles. I'm hoping the cycle comes back around, you know. We had a huge influx, you know, after 9-11 uh, of people coming here, beating down our door to 
joining. Very few of them stuck around, you know, and it was, they came and they, they wanted to be firefighters because what they witnessed and they wanted to be the guy out there with the shirt. And then when they realized the commitment, yeah, they, they moved on, you know, and um, like I said, I, I, I hope it comes back. I hope people talking about it more and, 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 you know, shows like this and the other podcasts and other stuff, it's, it's out there, you know, that yeah. what have we lost, you know? And I, like I said, I'm sure the older guys looked at us when we were 16, 17 years old, like, who are these guys? But, you know, we were, uh, we were eager, respectful, and, uh, you know, uh, committed to this place. I said the amount of hours, you know, we, yeah. all, every single one of us, you know, this was our second home. Uh, I mean, I think, I, I think back to, um, I mean, I've, I've missed weddings, birthdays, holidays. Uh, I mean, countless events that, that you get up and you leave or, uh, or you just, you know, or you stay in town because, you know, you know that, no one's around or certain people are out of town. And you're like, you know, well, I'm, this is it. I'm committed because there's no one around, but, um, you know, you don't see that now you see, well, Hey, I'm going on my boat or, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go to the game. I'm going to, I got tickets. I'm going. And, and it's, uh, again, I think that's a big culture change now is we don't have the commitment like you're talking about. And, uh, and of course there's some entitlement that, that goes with that. But I, I just want to touch quickly on, um, Something you said uh, <coughs> a few minutes ago when you had talked about, uh, you know, you start see less people coming out for the CO alarms and the, and the smells and bells at night. Um, what I don't think people realize, especially the uh, newer firefighters coming in, and I'm sure you'll agree, um, you're not getting on the rig for these smells and bells. Um, you don't know where the equipment's at. You're not proficient in your trade. And... When the, when you're coming out for the the CO alarm, when now you get there and you got people that are sick, and then you got 200 parts per million in the house, and then you got to figure out you know how you got to you know get the gas company together, get the place vented, um, and now you have two or three guys on the truck. You know, whereas you know you know people hear the hear the pager go off or they're looking at their phone. I mean now more than ever. Right? Oh yeah, you know. Okay, yeah, you know where Active people 911. are. I am responding to all these apps that, that we have that we never never had. I mean, now you can look at your phone and, okay. See where everyone's at. Yeah, I got four people coming. That's that's great. Back in the day, you'd open the bay door and look around and see who's coming. You, you had no idea who was coming, if they if they were even coming. Um, so it, it's tough for me to uh, – and, again, I have 25 on. So it, well, if it, you remember back in the, back in the day, day with us – you had people fighting to get on the trucks. Absolutely. We had, we had more people than just we had seats. Just going to say that. Yep. And it just became the too many people bumping guys and all that. And, and you know, it was uh, comical to an extent, but it was, you know, it was competition. You've got to get here or you're not going to get yep. on the truck. And uh, But you're right. You know, uh, I, I equate that when we, you know, we have uh, every Wednesday night we have our, our truck check and some sort of training. And we brought into getting more training involved in it and, Again, it's a, some bought, bought in, some didn't. And I said, well, listen, you know, you have a drill once a month, so we're gonna, you know, we don't uh, train at Christmas time. So we have a drill 11 months. I said, you're going to tell me that a quarterback picks up the ball once and throws it and says, I'm good? You know, it's muscle memory. It's re repetitive nature, learning these trucks, learning the equipment. And like I said, we, we move stuff around. And, you know, so it's a big requirement. And 
again, to be a life member. It's 20 years of being here on Wednesday nights, yeah. and it's a huge commitment to the organization. And um, you know, we got guys that buy in, and we, we get the guys that have it, and they, they kind of filter out. Um, and we, we have recently made such exceptions and, and uh, you know, instead of uh, meeting up here on Wednesday nights, my captain has extended himself. I thought, I think overextended himself. Uh, you know, he's retired. He's here all the time. So if a guy can't be here Wednesday, he'll come up here and train with him on a Thursday morning. We got guys that work midnights. And so to the point where, you know, I had to say, listen, you're, you're getting taken advantage of when guys say, yeah, I'll be there on a Saturday and they don't show up. And he's now sitting here on a Saturday waiting. Uh, so it's not like we're very rigid, like it's always been Wednesday since 1922, and right, it's going right. to be Wednesday right. because we say so. Look, if you can't make it, we'll try to try to adjust it. But we prefer you come on Wednesday because we want that team concept. We want people paired up together, you know. And you get back to, you know, uh, pride and ownership. You know, it drives me crazy that you know we have a custodial service. We don't have a lot of money, but we're paying somebody to mop our floor. Right. And we're doing away with that. So this is our building. Like, we can't have that ownership where we're going to take care of our own place. So we we made it part of our weekly cleaning, you know, every other week. It's great. Uh, we said we're going to do the whole building, you know. Right. Uh, for, if you're not familiar with Beach, we have a, a dance hall and a member's area, you know, like a lounge pool table area. Uh, I said, it's our area. It's our firehouse. You know, so we did it, and the first thing I did was I grabbed the toilet brush. And I had a guy, you know, who... I had different opinions with him. Uh, seasoned guy, very experienced, hell of a firefighter. Transferred from up north, Hasbrook Heights. Great firefighter. And we, we had different opinions at times. He said, no way, Chief, you're not scrubbing the toilet. I'm like, why? I'm a member here. And we now were having an argument about who's going to scrub the toilet or not. And he, right. he went and did it. And I, you know, I, you know, I'm not above it. So I said, well, then if you're going to do the toilets, I'm going to do the glass. And it was... It became a comedy routine of who's going to do what, but working together as a team, we had the firehouse clean, you know, lickety split. And we had some older guys here that were, like, so impressed with it. I said, I'm tired of this. Somebody else is going to do it. You know, you know that tacit approval when you walk past a water bottle on the floor and nobody picks it up. Well, somebody better stop, you know, officer and pick it up because by you letting it sit there, you're saying to everybody it's okay to throw garbage on the floor, you know, uh, so our older guys were impressed with that because we're, we're we're getting guys to somewhat buy into that the the right. the, the, the group of guys that are I think going to be long time guys here. I just don't know what's holding them back from pulling the trigger to being next officers here. I don't know where that is. You know you we know, have we have a lot of guys with a lot of talent, a lot of skills, but they just won't take that step. You know to to move up, and I don't I don't understand that because I I've like I told you right in the beginning of this I've always wanted to be involved in the management and making this place better and being a part of the team that specs out the new truck like we're doing now, you know, and, uh, you know, with the changes to Beachwood, we're looking at our first aerial device. And so there, we talk about a truck committee. I said, well, again, I'm the chief. You know, it's always been we go to the seniorest guys, some guys that aren't even uh, active anymore out of respect for their service. We'd have them on the committee. I said, well, I'm going to get a lot of young guys on this one because, Beachwood's rules, they want the truck for 20-something years. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be riding it, you know. Uh, let them have a little bit more say about where stuff goes so we don't have to do like we did with this truck and redo things later on. Um, so that's my mindset with it, you know. Uh, from everything from the buildings and grounds, uh, you know, painting the wall. 
I bring that up because we did it when we were kids. Me, you, Dave Kanko, I think. Yeah. Jimmy. Dave Petreca, Jimmy Donato, Donnie yeah. Pinter. We, we all, you know, asked for paint. We came up here and painted yeah. it, you know. They just painted this wall. It's one of the last walls left from the original building from 53. I just happened to be staring at it because right. I don't want to look at you. Um, <laughs> is, uh, you know, we, we can't even uh, get guys to do that. Right. And it bothered me. We brought in the inmates from the county jail to paint our building, and I was so disgusted with it. I said, nobody's going to pick up a paintbrush? Yeah. I said, that drives me crazy that we brought prisoners into our firehouse to, to do what should be done by us. You know, you had mentioned earlier about, um, you know, you're the chief and you're, you're in there scrubbing the toilet. Um, I recently uh, I saw something on, on Facebook, one of these pages, and I, I, I apologize, I can't think of it, but there was a battalion chief, I think in Boston. I think it was Boston. 30-year uh, man, you know, battalion chief, in the back parking lot with a, with a push broom. Pushing the parking lot, you know, sweeping the sweeping the parking lot. I mean that that's huge, you know, and that that speaks to to what you're talking about now. I mean, um, and again, Roger, I know you a long time. You're a true leader, you know. You, you lead by example. You lead from the front, and I think that's what a lot of the members here respect you. Uh, that's why they respect you the way you do because you're not above getting in, getting a scrub brush and, and cleaning the toilet. And and again, you know, I've heard guys like uh, you know guys I respect, guys like Jimmy Curry, you know. Um, <coughs> Excuse me, Bobby Tapp. You know, these guys are here and they're and they're saying, "Wait, wait a minute! This is this is my firehouse. This is your firehouse. This isn't. This is your firehouse. So you got to take some pride and ownership in here." And uh, and that's that's huge. But you know, when you another thing, you know, how many of your members after a job hang out? I mean, are the people signing the book and are out the door, or you got guys starting to show up, hang out a little bit? A little bit. You know, we're getting guys. They have you know get together you know a debrief or whatever in the parking lot you know me and dennis and bill usually we'll go out there and you know break some stones a little bit but it's you know and again i reflect maybe it was because we were kids and we had nothing better to do uh <laughs> it definitely kept us out of trouble yeah, we we yeah exactly we hung out here 24 sevens you know we don't have that and i wouldn't expect that you know we have a little bit of a of a different uh group of people that came in that are a little bit older and more established that I'm not saying we didn't have responsibilities back then, but a little bit more responsibilities, family and all that. So that's, you know, where it's tough to judge like what we had to what's now because we had it, you know, kind of unique with the amount of young guys we had right out of high school. Right. Um, and, and now that I, I hope we get that again, because like I said, you know, this past week we have five juniors, you know, all of a sudden we have a couple people putting in applications uh, you know, uh, guy just came back from fire academy while we were doing this. You know, he was a junior, just turned 18, so we're, we're getting some young blood in, in yeah, here yeah, again. Yeah. And um, you know, the, the the guy who just got back from the academy, you know, a little little about him because he walked past us while we were doing this, and we'll have to edit him out. We will have to um, edit him out. <laughs> you know, his uh, great 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 grandfather was one of our original guys. This guy, you know, he's a he's a legacy, and he it's awesome. You know, his grandfather. Uh, was a fire uh, fighter here, so he's, he's got his great great grandfather, his great grandfather, his grandfather. Uh, skip down to him. Awesome. And uh, it, it's just great. There's that, you know, tradition and that that legacy, you know, that he's in here now, and it's and that's where we're getting all full circle back to the impact versus legacy article I told you uh, uh, 
kind of struck me was uh, it's important. You know, here's this kid who uh, needs to know what his great-great-grandfather did. You know, we have all our logbooks. We have all our handwritten uh, notes and call sheets all the way back to 22. You know, the Hindenburg crash log sheet, yeah. you know, to bring that out and show people uh, is is interesting, you know. And uh, I'm glad we have that, you know, and uh, I'm glad that I was entrusted with, with it and scanning it and reading it and learning about, you know, uh, the things we're talking about now, the fire yeah. company had the same problem in 1927. It was so bad that they talked about splitting the fire company into two, Beechwood, and because uh, 1926 was whatever anniversary for the United States, 150th anniversary, so it was the year of independence, they were going to form another fire company in Beechwood called Independence. Wow. You know, look at the town. And, and in 1922, there was, what, maybe 30 houses, 40 <laughs> houses. And, and they're all two, bungalows. Yeah, yeah. Two, 40, two, two fire companies. But Chief Polson, the one I told you about, he made connection with his son in California. He was the one who made the fight and he, uh, to keep it together right. and got all the guys together and settled it. But to read this history and see it, like, written down, like, you know, we, we went to the meeting and we duped it out or whatever we did and right, we decided right. we're going to stop the nonsense and get together and work as a team. And then you read through the 30s, you know, when there was a, a lull and a lack of interest, you know, reading what, uh, you know, some of the chiefs did, like, you know, listen, guys, we, we got to keep going. We can't let this fail. And just seeing their same struggle, like, why right. isn't anybody interested? You know, they talked, we're, we're going to have uh, sodas and ham sandwiches, one thing said, to, to get guys together after a, a right. meeting. So it's, it's not unique to us. I, I think it does come in cycles. Uh, I think it's just being talked about more because we all, I think, yearn for yeah, being younger uh, and, and having I never, that again. I never thought I'd be a, you know, I never, when you're, you know, we're young, you can't think I, I'm going to be a senior man. I mean, you know, I'm a senior man at 25 years. I'm, it's hard to wrap your head around that. You know, when we were, you know, the young guys coming around the firehouse and, you know, you know, getting yelled at by the, by the senior guys and now we're those senior guys looking at these young guys and, and uh, kind of shaking our head, in, you know, at times, and, and it's 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 definitely inter interesting. Uh, well, I remember being scared of missing house duty. You oh know, yeah, now absolutely. We, we worked, I was too. Yeah, we was... worked with uh, getting guys, you know, to uh, to make it up, or we'll, like I said, my captain right. uh, Bill Hobson, he, he bent over backwards for these guys to make sure they caught up on all the training. You know, right. we we have better record keeping for training, and, and like I said, overextend himself. I remember when I was, you know. Uh, Turned 18 and was a regular member, and I came up here. And I was working at the deli, and I missed a house duty, and I got assigned to Don. Going Again, we keep going in circles <laughs> here. I got assigned to Don Wiesner, who was, you know, in his unbelievable research. early 60s at this time. And I was scared of him because Don was intimidating. He was intimidating, yeah. his knowledge, his experience, but he also had a cranky side. And I got sent up here and said, you missed house duty. You come up here on a Saturday, and you're assigned to Don. So we came up and... Did my truck with Don, and then uh, old CF I was, Mac, right? Yeah, and thought I was done. And he pulled out all the trucks and he said, "No, you you were supposed to be here on Wednesday." So now we're gonna take every light bulb out of the old barn down, and they were in these like plastic sleeves. And it made me had this rod, and we had to clean every light bulb and every sleeve. Wow. And uh, uh, I just thought to myself, I'll never miss a house duty again because this this. <laughs> it gave you incentive not yeah, to miss it. That's for sure. But he. Talked, you know, talked. He wasn't an ass about it. He, right, he, right. he he got the point across. You got to be here, and you don't miss it. And uh, But he, he was 
educational at the same time, but it was intimidating because of his knowledge and his experience as coordinator. I think he was county coordinator at the time. And, uh, you know, his years as chief and everything he did and just his very blunt personality. Uh, True legacy. I, 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 I don't think I ever missed a house duty ever again, in, no. you know, in 20 years until I got my life membership. I said, I, and I always joked with him now, you know, I go up to home to see him. I said, you know, you scared the crap out of me, you know. And, again, I think we had a different mentality. Like, we took it serious, like, holy Christ, we missed house duty. We're going to get in trouble, and, you know, we're going to get kicked out. And, like, there was some magical person keeping track of us in Beechwood that right, right. if you get kicked out, you know, it's going to be in the papers like Frank Malillo's kicked out of the Beechwood Fire Company. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I see a little bit more of that. Like, oh, I missed house duty. I don't care. I'll make it up. And I'll do it whenever. No, that's not how a team works. We come up here and we train together. So that's another thing with the culture that's changed, and it's, and it's hard because we want the guys to obviously maintain our equipment, maintain our apparatus. We want them to do it as a team. You know, we get it if somebody has to, to work, but what we don't get is when there's that lack of commitment. Again, a lot of those people, they'll filter out. They'll go oh, through yeah, attrition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it's just, I don't care, I'll do it when I want. And, you know, they beat up the captain who's now – Instead of doing house you on Wednesday, he's doing it seven days a week to try to get everybody caught up or done or make sure the training that I want accomplished gets done. Uh, and I told him flat out, stop being taken advantage of. And, I, and again, you, you, you mentioned it. It's, it's a different era. It's a different uh, sense of entitlement. It's a different, you know, instant gratification more. You know, everyone is, everything's so fast now with these, yeah. these uh, phones and computers and information. You know, so it's instant here, you know, and it's that mentality and I know I have a teenage you know two teenagers you know my son just joined as a as a junior firefighter I'm glad you brought uh, that out because I'm gonna talk to you about that well that's uh I, I'm very happy about that you know that just shows you know he gets it you know both of my kids do and so does my wife um there is a lot of sacrifice that goes into it and there's a lot of missed meals and a lot of well not a lot of missed meals. Uh, <laughs> uh, th- there are a lot of sacrifices that go into it, and we, you know, when we talk about it, you know, the alarms that go up in the middle of the night, you know, sleep is disrupted, and um, you know, I, I, my kids had asked, like, what, you know, what is the deal, kind of? And I said, well, imagine, you know, I'm at work and I'm not home, and something happens, the smoke detector goes off. Wouldn't you want somebody to come help you? You know, if you're, you don't know what's going on, the dogs are going nuts. Mom doesn't know what to do. So that's why we do it. Right. You know, there's nothing. That's what we, uh, you know, our purpose is to help people. And I, and I truly, and there's the compressor. There it is. Shall we wait? The, the compressor, we said, man, we hope that compressor doesn't come on. So, well, it gives you a good opportunity to put some more water. Oh, and for anybody who's thinking this entire time that we have an adult beverage in our, our Appendix Q cup, it's actually water. It's boring. It's water, but it keeps me from coughing. Yeah, which is wait for the compressor. Which, which to is violent. It's a violent cough, I think. How long does it take? How long does the compressor run? So we need a commercial. Yeah, this is where we put music in, and you, <laughs> and you cough along. So because of copyright i gotta cover the label no you know i don't i don't want to get in trouble because this is youtube so you'd be careful what you put on there 
keep going while this thing's going yeah, off? Yeah, I, I can uh, still hear you. I mean, uh, okay. I'm sure they can hear you. Um, so getting back to, you know, uh, when a call comes in and, you know, dad's got to leave, you know, middle of night, middle of dinner or whatever, uh, holidays, um, you know, and my brother-in-law is a firefighter. So, you know, uh, my uncle uh, is a firefighter up in Canada, the chief up there. You know, my cousin was a firefighter in uh, Canada. And um, we'll, we'll get to that. And, um, you know, so it's, you know, you explain to him, like, this is like your purpose. You know, there's, there's got to be somebody that gives back to the community. Yeah. And that's what we do. And it's been instilled, you know, you know, the way we were brought up and the way we were, we were taught about public service. So, you know, try and explain that to your kids. They grow up now that they're in their teens and in high school, they, they get it and they see it. And, uh, my son, I think truly enjoys hanging out here. He was always like the mascot and coming around at the events. And, uh, um, you know, he was, he's a freshman now and he said, you know, he'd he'd like to join. And I said, well, you know, signing to the assistant chief, so there's no favoritism, and you know, and uh, went over the rules, and he got sat down just like everybody else, and what the expectations are. And I said, look, you know, uh, you're gonna have to do everything just like everybody else. There's not, you're not gonna get slack, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, to an extent, but you know, it's just, I'm, I'm glad that he stepped up and he, he wants to do it, and uh, I, you know, I couldn't be prouder, you know, that that he's gonna do that, and. I'll be here to see it, you know, and uh, it's awesome. Well, you talk about legacy, and, and uh, when I was doing the trailer for for your for episode one, and yet I asked you for some pictures, um, you know, you gave me uh, a slew of different pictures. Some, you know, some of you in uniform, and one of a job you're on 9/11. Um, but then you sent me two two photographs to stand out, and and they are who you saw. And uh, one is, you know, you guys are in the bay and you're looking out the bay door and, you know, he's wearing your old, your old jacket, the one I knew, you know, the one you wore all the time on, on calls. And uh, we've been on several good, several good jobs together. Um, it, it was a little emotional for me, you know, to see your son uh, following your footsteps and carrying on that legacy and stuff. It was, you know, I, I, I was taken back by it. It's pretty cool. Well, actually, I was wearing the old coat, as you can see. I squeezed into it. Uh, <laughs> you know, that was my original coat. You right. know, when we switched gear around, it, you know, it had my name on it. It got filtered through, and, you know, it's out of service, but I kept it. It hangs in my locker. I still. saw it over there. It's awesome. And uh, we we were going to an event in the town uh, where we had to bring Santa Claus on the uh, Christmas uh, on the fire truck for a tree lighting in town, and he wanted to come, and everyone was wearing their fire jacket, so I gave him my jacket. So now not having a jacket, I threw on my old one, and it just looked cool. So I think he's holding the assistant chief's helmet. You know, this was a couple years ago. He's a little bit younger. So I thought it was a cool picture. And then, uh, you know, he was – obviously he wasn't old enough, but he was dabbling with the idea, you know, of coming around. He was interested in watching, you know, and learning, you know, where does dad go? And we had an extrication drill here, and that was the other one he was wearing. Right, uh, the other photo, right. The other, uh, you know, he was wearing – came out wearing the assistant chief's jacket i think uh and somebody snapped the photo and i think we're both you know turned around right um no, actually that one uh i was he was talking about joining so i had a name bit made up for him so when he came to watch a drill he had a jacket with his name on it it's awesome uh so you know that photo has both of our names on it right uh but getting back to those pictures and i, I was saying i'd get back to my uh uh my cousin in canada um 
you know, same age, uh, firefighter, paramedic up in uh, Quebec. Uh, got a lot of family up there. And like I said, my, my uncle's a, uh, you know, past chief, does fire investigation. So there's that fire bond. So there was a little commonality uh, with me and my cousin. And, um, you know, it's something else that we're working on here that we're, we, we probably should have touched on about culture change. And that is, uh, you know, recognizing uh, when we're hurting, yeah. you know, uh, what we bring home with us, what we see, what we take home, and just, uh, you know, go back to Tom Ezrin, you know, knowing your people, you know, and knowing when somebody's something's wrong. And uh, we've all experienced it. We've all lost people, unfortunately, to suicide. And that was tough because, you know, of the, you know, I'm got a lot of family up there. I was a little bit closer to Danny because of just the commonality of the fire department. There was a point where Quebec wasn't allowing them to do live burns, so he came and trained in Ocean County. So we have firefighters coming from Canada to train in Ocean County, and I was grateful that Ray at the Academy set that up. And uh, I'll never forget when uh, we talked about Tom Mezzard, you know, you know, passing away in the line of duty. After all that got said and done, and I, and I got home from the repass here at the firehouse, my phone rings, and it's a call from uh, my cousin Denise that uh, Danny had took his life. And I was just floored by it. And, uh, you know, I know uh, it's it's big. It's on the front line, you know, uh, for... for uh, for firefighters and police and EMS to to have each other's back and, and look out for each other. And I know uh, our captain is working on bringing in some speakers and to talk about it, and we have a policy about, um, you know, mandatory debriefs and all that now. And that, you know, is attributed to, you know, my, my uh, cousin. And, um, you know, it just... You know, we have an obligation, like I said, with the physicals and the washing and gear... We also have that obligation to to step in if we see something, and it's it's tough. It's a touchy subject because a lot of the guys here, you know, one of my lieutenants experienced it with his best friend, and you know, we we just unfortunately had a you know, not another firefighter, but one of my guys had a friend take his life in Beachwood a week ago, and everyone has that same reaction: the, the, the shock and all, the shock, the anger, the at themselves or why didn't I see this what what could I have done and and I don't know if there's any right or wrong answers out there so this is a new project that we've undertaken here and and you know uh we're doing a lot of reading into it and a lot of uh research on it to make ourselves again more available because like I said we went on culture and all that and I'm not bashing my guys I have great guys and gals here you know I I I demand a lot, and you know I demand a lot because of what how we grew up in the firehouse. Right. Um, but I wouldn't want to lose any of them, you know, whether they get sick or they are have stuff going on that, uh, you know, they they take that step to harm themselves. I I would I would get sick over it. I'm still sick over my cousin, as you could say. Uh, we have that obligation, so. That's the next chapter in what we do here in our, our in Beachwood, and you know that one, <clears throat> you know that was three years ago, four years ago, and uh, three years ago, and uh, I'm sorry for your loss, brother. Yeah, I, I just uh, 
that one I, I, I kick myself in the ass a little bit because we could be better at it. And right. you know me, I'm very self critique. Uh, we, you know, and we're going to get better at it. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of stuff, and it, it's more open now. And it's in, you know, uh, a lot of the trade journals, you know, the uh, NVFC, uh, we, you know, we belong to a lot of stuff, materials are coming. And it's because it's so personal and it's still raw, you know. Uh, it, it's tough to like just sit down and say, hey, we got to do this." And it, you know, it's a tough drill. You know, and uh, it's tough—not just a drill. It's not going to be, you know, come in. And it, it's going to be a part of a culture change here. Oh, absolutely. And I know, you know, I look at the lockers. I I know the guys will appreciate it. I know the guys that'll be standoffish to it. That you know, that aren't touchy feely persons. But I, I, I again, I keep going. It's our obligation, and uh, I commend you because. Um you know what you're doing is it's certainly it's new you know um i can you know we've been on some of those some of those terrible calls and um and you know you do bring things home with you and, and anyone who says they don't is a liar um people deal with it different ways but back when uh you internalize it you know and that's just what we did you just internalize it internalize it, internalize it and uh I had taken a course uh, a couple years back, and uh, it was a mental mental health uh, mental health professional who came in and did a course, and and uh, he he had a great way of explaining it. He, you know, he had said that, uh, you know, you get this this basket when you start your career, uh, and every bad thing that happens, it's just a an egg cord in the basket, you know, and sooner or later, you know, it overflows, and when that basket overflows that's when you know your peers and the people that you're with that's when they need to recognize that you need help and uh you know the days of of internalizing are over you know we're in a position now where we have to you know, like you said chief you have to take care of your people and recognize the, the early warning signs and um i'd much rather i agree with you i'd much rather have someone a little pissed off at me because i had to reel them in or have them go talk to somebody um, than the alternative. Exactly. And like I said, it's, uh, you know, and again, you know, if I could critique my guys, what would they could be do better, better, I could critique myself. Is That's a topic that we have danced around, the three of us, about how we're going to do it, how we're going to address it. And, you know, right now I feel, you know, luckily we haven't had any issues and we shouldn't just depend on luck. Right, and right, uh, right. we could be doing better with it. And that's one of the goals that we set for this year of, uh, uh, upcoming, you know, finishing 18 into 19, uh, is to work on that. And, you know, we're, we're getting through the physicals and we're getting through, uh, a lot of other things. And, and that's a, a top priority, you know, the whole share the load, uh, uh, mindset. And, uh, and again, it's, uh, we are a family and that's, a, that's the biggest reason behind it. And, uh, it, it is, um, it's out there, and it, and it needs to be, like you said, talked about, and it needs to be addressed. And the days of bringing it home and hiding it, and or the days that were worse, the days of disappearing and trying to make it disappear through, you know, substance, trying to drink it yeah. away or, yeah. or doing something else, it doesn't make it go away. And uh, you know, we need to address it. And you know, it affects us all. You know, I, that, you know, that hit home and it hit home hard, and it just. Uh, 
you know, because we're all the same age. We're all right. getting ready to retire from our jobs, and we have plans, and, you know, you, you joke around. And and to come home from one funeral and then realize you have to go to another one, and it just, you know, in the same week, you lose, a, you know, a mentor in the line of duty and then to lose your cousin. It just, it was, you know, lack of better terms, a, a double whammy, you know, double yeah. kick to the gut. And it just... Um, it's something we could do better. And like I said, you know, I'm very open about what we could do better. You know, people that listen to this, you know, if you want to put my number up there and they say there's something you could be doing better or some advice you have, I'm all open. You yeah, know, I'm, yeah. I'm all yours. It's awesome. Uh, or if you just want to call and say your show, your show was horrible, <laughs> you coughed the whole time, I'll take that too. Yeah. But uh, uh, in, in all seriousness, you know, it's a huge obligation. I'm, I'm so glad you asked me to, to be on this, uh, you know. And... and you know, with the obligation comes more responsibility and more di- di- distraction or, or, you know, away from home. And that's, right, right. you know, and I'm not, uh, you know, going right back to that article about legacy versus impact and prioritizing. Um, you know, it's a huge investment in this place and it's a huge investment, you know, in time away from the family. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a huge um, mission and, you right. know, we're up for it, but Again, it's not just lining up the ducks here. It's lining up the ducks at home to say, hey, I'm taking on this now as well on top of everything else. Um, you know, so that's uh, that's on the forefront for Beachwood. Good know? for you. Good for you. Um, super impressed with the way uh, you're running, running your department. I, I know um, you might not know it, but, you know, I hear a lot of things, and they're all positive. I mean, you're, you know, you lead by example. I've always always said that. And honestly – um, having you on as first guest for episode one was important to me because uh, how much you mean to me, uh, not not only as a friend, but what I've seen you accomplish uh, here at the fire department. And, uh, and and it's good. It's all progressive things you're doing. And, and uh, you know, the, the programs you're looking to roll out, especially now hearing, hearing that, uh, PTSD is huge now. Uh, and, and now finally it's starting to come to light where people are starting to recognize that it, it's not just a, military thing it's you know emergency services too it's it's huge so if you can have an impact on that and p- try to prevent a tragedy uh that, that's amazing it's it's good stuff i appreciate it you know, right. like i said i appreciate I, you coming on i uh i wish you well hopefully i i did good and i didn't get all your sponsors to cancel <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I love the banter you know for guys that don't know i'm sure frank yeah. will put up our our history we've known each other you know going on 30 years and like yeah. i said we were kids here and um it was good. I'm gl- I hope this takes off for you. I'm glad to be your your test pilot, your guinea pig. I hope I had something to offer to, yeah, to was, other chiefs. It was out great there, just to talk to you, other and, firefighters, yep. you know, and uh, you know, just give you a glimpse at what small town Beachwood, how we do it, and what we try to do, and whether it's right, wrong. I, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, you know, you, I'm very available. That's one of the things. Getting back to community, my numbers plastered, personal numbers plastered all over our website. My personal email or department email. I'm sorry. Uh, feel free. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear the feedback. If if you think I'm full of crap or or not, or you have some ideas or like something, I'd be more than willing to share some of our documents and SOPs as far as uh, what we do. You know, here, and that's what it's about. You know, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just right, right. trying to make it go round and round better. Uh, but thank you, Frank. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for, for coming on the show, Sorry for brother. coughing through your whole thing. <laughs> I just got to change out the mics and we're good. All right, buddy. All right, take care. All right, so that's episode one of uh, Pin the Q. Excited to uh, have you show show this off to you. And, uh, again, we have a comment section. Don't don't forget to subscribe. That's the most important thing. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. 
Um, uh, the website, again, is www.pintheq.com. Thank you.